Welcome to the Wealth Edit Podcast, a place where talking about finances is only polite. We talk to women and hear the stories behind how they have built their beautiful lives, whether that be inside or outside the home. I'm Emily Laster, and on the show, we're interviewing Jen Ryan, owner and founder of Blue Root, a Birmingham-based restaurant dedicated to providing delicious, healthy food to those on the go. Jen discusses how the idea for Blue Root was born out of a time in her life where she was struggling to find purpose, and how much she appreciates the support from her community as she works to build a brand she hopes will stand the test of time. We hope you enjoyed our podcast today. If you want to learn more about our website, please check us out at www.wealthedit.com. The Wealth Edit is an online membership-based community for women looking to confidently discuss and expand their knowledge of personal finance. Our community provides a space for women of all ages to gather, learn, and plan their financial journey through virtual courses, weekly guest speakers, and educational content. Good morning. Welcome to Wealth Edit Wednesday. Lauren is out of town this week. She's getting um, some much needed rest and relaxation. Although I say that she's snow skiing, so I don't know if there's really a whole lot of rest <laughs> going on, but she is on uh, vacation. And so it's just me, but um, I am super excited about having Jen Ryan on today. She, um, we were just talking before we started and yeah, we were talking about how women are just better together and like sharing each other's stories, how important that is to our journey so that we don't feel like we're going at it alone. Um, I was talking to a marketing guy yesterday and he said, you know, how do you, um, how do you think you're going to get women to, st- to talk about money? Cause it's so personal. And a lot of times it's a scary thing to talk about. And I said, well, the best way we know how to do it is to share each other's stories by either allowing people a platform to share their story or providing a community in which we can all share our stories together. And it's just such an important piece of what the wealth that it is. So today we're very excited to hear Jen's story and the story of Blue Root and to get to know more um, behind the brand that so many of us all love. And those of you who are not in Birmingham, sorry, but maybe one day it'll be all over the country. So Jen, thank you for coming. And thank you so much for having me. Yeah, I'm so, so excited. Why don't we just start off with you just sharing a little bit about you and your background, where you grew up, all those fun things. Yep, I am from Southern California. Um, I hail from a town called Long Beach, so kind of on the cusp of LA and Orange County. I grew up there. Um, I'm the oldest of four kids. I have two great parents. We were active always in sports, always doing something. Um, and when I it was time for college, I moved to the East Coast. And then I was in New York for over 12 years cutting my teeth. Um, and now I found myself in Birmingham, which is a different story, um, thanks to my husband's job. And we are here and I am living this surprising chapter of um, pursuing a purpose I didn't really know that I had. So it's been a really wild journey. We've lived in a lot of places, um, seen a lot of people, um, and learned a lot along the way. And now Birmingham is home. Okay, well, I love that. And that's funny, East from the West Coast to the East Coast to the South, yep. you've seen it all. Um, okay, when we were talking earlier, I loved how you described that you were sort of um, a hard worker your whole life and that you 
kind of attributed your success to several things. Um, and you've been in all industries. I mean, you've been from financial industry into cybersecurity, now into food. So mm -hmm. clearly you've got some drive in there. I mean, did your parents teach you that or was this just something that you had from the beginning? Um, no, I attribute a lot of it to my parents and to my upbringing. Um, when I was young, um, we all played, like I mentioned, we all played sports, all four of us. And we were, we were never the All-Americans. We were never going to be uh, the MVPs. But I remember um, we were pretty decent athletes. But at some point, I was really, really terrible at basketball. And when I was growing up, my dad, who, and you have to remember, this is the the 90s, the era of Magic and the Lakers, um, Michael Jordan. I mean, this is an incredible time in the NBA. And so this was on in our house a lot. So I had these aspirations of trying to be a good basketball player, but I was pretty terrible. And so my dad, God love him, would run drills with me, would run shooting exercises, we would train. And at the end of the day, I think we both realized that this was not going to be a very fruitful, fruitful outcome. Um, but what he had said to me was, you know, you don't have to be the best. You don't have to be the fastest, but you need to do three things to be able to contribute to a successful team. And one of those was um, playing defense. One of those was making your free throws and the other was just to hustle. And it's such a translatable story to almost everything else that I did because those three things, and to me, that is, you know, outworking the other team, that is, you know, coming prepared and that is just being consistent and executing time and time again. And um, you don't necessarily need to be the most talented. And so that rubric, I think, really instilled in me, and I would say my siblings too, that, you know, a lot of the time, work ethic um, can outrun talent. And so you can do a lot more than you think you are capable of doing, even if you weren't born with a certain skill set or you didn't have a certain experience. And so I think that thinking propelled me into jumping into different industries and being comfortable, being able to raise my hand and say, I don't really come with the technical background that you were expecting, but I can do all of these other things. And so that was, um, that was instilled at a pretty early age. Mm -hmm. And did you see that like playing out, like when you were working on Wall Street? I mean, cause I mean, like you said, that's extremely translatable. I mean, and we see it all the time, especially in the world of entrepreneurship. It's the ones that like do it. Are usually the ones that succeed. I mean, yeah, it's just like just this persistence. Like I'm just going to keep going. Yeah. Sometimes it's about the last one standing. Not always, but sometimes. Um, yeah. I will tell you that so many points in my career, and looking back, you know, as most of us can, um, those experiences all make sense. But when you're in the moment, um, it's hard to sort of see clearly. And I will tell you that at every chapter, whether it was coming with an English literature degree to Wall Street and convincing them to hire me. Um, and then, you know, convincing them to let me stick around for 12 years at Goldman, um, moving into cybersecurity where I had absolutely no engineering or technology background, um, moving into food, which is, you know, the different story that we'll get into. Each of those moments um, was pretty challenging, but I think the story that I was able to tell was that um, I would show up early, I would stay late. Um, and those attitudes, those, um, those approaches, I think, are also things I looked for when I hired people. I often, even when I was at Goldman, didn't hire the 4.0 kid. Um, I often ended up hiring college athletes or folks that were involved in lots of things um, that could 
um, you know, really understood the value of hard work and time management um, and working through difficult situations and being able to be even keeled and think through, um, you know, challenging circumstances. So um, I was never perfect in any job by any means, but I was able to convince enough people around me to give me a shot. And I do generally subscribe to the fact that we can teach people almost anything technical um, but it's, you know, a lot of it is about the, about the attitude and the approach and the perspective that you bring to the table. And so that's kind of always the, um, the methodology that I've used. Um, and it served me well thus far, I will say. I'm definitely out of my league in a lot of ways. I was in all of those technical realms, um, you know, but that's a different conversation around about leaning on people that do bring those technical areas of expertise or acumen that you don't have and, and being very humble and clear about where your limits are. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Well, to continue the basketball me metaphor for just a second, yeah. we, um, my daughter is playing basketball and like you said, it's probably not the best one on the team, but I, I'll never forget the coach said in seventh grade when she made the team, he said, well, you know, what she doesn't have in technical skills, she makes up for in heart. And um, you're so right, because now we see that. I see that in the workforce all the time. You know, somebody who has the heart and the passion for what they're doing. And whether that's just in a service role, you know, like willing to give it their all. Mm -hmm. um, it's really neat to kind of watch that play out. And it's such a, it's an inspiration to me to like keep that part of, you know, why I'm doing what I'm doing. Yeah. You know, like if you keep that in the forefront of your mind, um, I think it helps you be a better leader um, and definitely creates a better just like mental state for you because a lot of times when you're building these businesses or trying to move ahead in your career, it's it's heavy and hard and you forget sometimes why you're doing what you're doing. Yes. Um, okay, so let's kind of like get start with maybe when you came to Birmingham and what that was like because you did not come to Birmingham with the idea that you were gonna stay, correct? Correct. So we moved in 2016. Um, my husband is um, a physician. We came for a one-year fellowship. And just to put it in perspective, for those of you who have not um, kind of gone through this rigmarole of matching residency and fellowship and everything else, it's an algorithm that essentially matches you. So you go and you interview at all these places and ultimately, um, you know, something, um, a formula is going to determine where you go and what you do. And I can tell you, my kid told me, my husband, Mike, you know, it was a stretch for us to get matched at Birmingham because it was a really terrific sports medicine program. So I I'd sort of written it off. Anyway, long story short, he called me. I was traveling abroad for work. He said, you'll never believe it. We'd matched in Alabama, which meant we were going to pick up and leave New York City and move our lives for 12 months. And then, you know, theoretically start, um, you know, real life, if you will, um, somewhere on the West Coast. Mike's from Colorado. I'm from California. We wanted to start a family. We were just getting married. And so we had all of these grand notions. And as you know, you and I both know for lots of different reasons, you know, life can laugh at you pretty hard when you start to try to plan everything. Mm -hmm. And, um, and we encountered just that. So we moved to Birmingham for the year and the truth was we fell in love with it and we met great people and we found a community that was incredibly supportive and um, an experience that we never would have expected. It was really, really surprising to us. I think it took mm -hmm. us both off guard and we decided to stick around for a lot of reasons, but it wasn't part of the plan, which meant that we had to you know, kind of rejigger all of these pieces that we had had perfectly in place. You've got two type A people that wanted to um, you know, pursue 
uh, a life that we had prescribed for ourselves. And this was different. This was a change, but it was a really good change. And I think for maybe the first time in our lives, we really accepted, um, you know, eh, it wasn't the first, but we really accepted the curveball, you know, and we really um, embraced it and uh, decided to give it a shot. And that was, you know, a couple of years ago. So here we are. Okay. And so how long um, into being in Birmingham did you decide to quit your jet setting job? We had, you know, we had all these fun um, experiences when we first moved here. I had started with a new company in cybersecurity where I'd convinced them that my skill set was completely transferable from mm -hmm. finance into technology. And um, we had during, you know, the next basically 18 months, we had taken that company public, which was huge. Mike and I had spent four months in Switzerland for another fellowship. So we were living abroad, you know, commuting back and forth to the States, um, meeting a lot of people. And I can tell you um, the business idea came um, sometime in 2018, where Mike and I were lamenting the lack of, um, you know, just quick simple, easy, clean, healthy food. And we had had access to that in New York. Um, we had access to that at our respective homes. And we saw this amazing culinary scene and incredible culinary talent in Birmingham, but it was coming together at the fine dining you know, space. The, the folks that we all know, um, Frank and Chris and Chris and all these other incredible greats of Birmingham. And, but there really wasn't anything in that space of fast casual that was going to support two working people. Um, so superficially, we just started to look for something that could satiate the gap. Um, and my initial reaction, as with most things, is to outsource. <laughs> Who can we bring in here that already does this that can fill that hole? Um, but the truth was there were a lot of things that were happening behind the scenes that were forcing me to question uh, what I wanted to do because now it was real. Birmingham was going to be our home base. We didn't have family here. Um, and there was also, um, you know, a dark unfaced demon that we were fighting, which was, you know, the odds of having a family turned out to be wildly stacked against us. And at that point in time, Mike was starting his practice. I was traveling a lot for work. And I think I was frankly just a bit lost as to where, where I was and what I wanted to do in this new place, in this new town. And we, we had faced all these existential questions, which I know many people face, but for the first time we, we ever had to ask ourselves, who are we if we can't be who we thought we were, which was parents? And what does that mean for us as two individuals who might need to rewrite our future? Um, and that I think catapulted me into a different frame of mind, which was a more purpose-driven you know, exercise. Where do I wanna be spending my time? Where do I wanna be spending, um, you know, with whom do I wanna be spending my time? And how can Birmingham fit into that, um, you know, that paradigm? And building a business turned into so much more than just finding a place to service folks like us that wanted healthy, clean food. Um, it turned out to be a very purpose-driven experience that was kind of trying to, you know, see through pain and darkness and um, difficult times and catapult energy in a positive direction. And that is really, that was sort of the heartbeat of it behind the scenes. Um, and I think it also allowed me to, um, you know, rewrite the conversation um, 
I rewrote the conversation with myself, which has taken a long time um, around, you know, moving from shame and guilt and incompetence, which are feelings that came with that personal experience, which are not right, but they were there. And I think building a business also allowed me selfishly to prove to myself that I was competent and I was worthy. And that was, you know, that was a personal endeavor. Um, in addition to seeing something that I thought could bring a lot of light and positivity to the community. So thank you for sharing that. I mean, and it's something I think that as women, we need to hear over and over again, because, you know, I, I kind of had a similar journey where, you know, I found myself, you know, kind of having a new identity as a single mother and, um, yeah, I didn't really know who I was and I didn't know what my purpose was now. And, you know, you kind of have that crisis when you go through something that's hard and you struggle to like re-identify. And um, I found that too, like, and, and Lauren talks about this a good bit and has, you know, put the word of um, comeback theory to it. As you know, like as women, oftentimes our gut is to, ball up and protect you know when we feel threatened or sad and but that really like that is the time to take the leap I mean you know it's kind of like you've lost you know you know whatever you think you've lost and like both of us now um you know we're kind of seeing maybe a little bit of light at the end of the tunnel of like kind of going through that journey but Sometimes that jump that you take right there, even though it's probably the scariest thing you've ever done in your life is also one of the most life-giving moves that you can make, but it's it scary is. to do. And it's hard to realize that you can do that unless you're listening to other women tell their story. That's right. That's um, so right. And I will never equate our two experiences. And let's be clear, um, there are folks facing far greater challenges than what I just described. This yeah. just happened to be, um, you know, fuel for the purpose, but, um, mm -hmm. but you're right. Sometimes you can't see the light when you're very, very, very deep in mm -hmm. the darkness. Mm -hmm. um, and it does take sharing. It takes putting words around difficult situations, which sometimes saying something out loud makes it true. And that's hard. Um, mm -hmm. But I have found, it's taken me a long time to say those things out loud, but it's, I found that other women um, have been so supportive and more often than not somebody has some wonderful piece of advice some wonderful um, wonderfully inspiring story um, some nudge of confidence that I didn't know I needed and those things were what really pushed me over the edge um, I was lucky to have a really supportive spouse and a very vocally supportive family but um, you know there was there was so much more going on than just deciding that there was a food gap Mm -hmm. And, um, and like I said, part of it was selfish to proving to myself that, you know, I, I still had something to give. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I'm thinking you know, that was a year and a half ago and here we are still on the journey, very much yeah. still in building mode, still yeah. very much in learning mode, but, um, you know, we're so, we're so proud and so thrilled and so grateful for how far we've come. Yeah. Well, and one thing I loved that you said, I mean, I'm going to have to start using this word because I feel the same way, but how Birmingham gave you an entrepreneurial hug. Yes. Tell us about that. It was, um, look, I've lived in big cities and New York was probably the, you know, the best example. I can't say that if I built this business in New York, I wouldn't have felt supportive um, 
you know, supportive vibes and love and, and um, encouragement. What I can tell you though, is that, you know, there's something about the people, the size, the scope of Birmingham that just made the support that we felt so much more human. Um, mm -hmm. It was this trifecta of public sector. So, you know, we had, I didn't realize how many mayors there were. We've got mayors and their respective, you know, cabinet members and people who are all very, very supportive of, you know, women-owned businesses. Um, we had the private sector, people coming out of the woodwork, not only asking if they could help support us financially, but asking if they could connect us with anyone. Is there anything that we can do to help make your life a little bit easier? And then we had the nonprofit sector, which um, I leaned on really heavily upfront. Um, and it's just, there's this entrepreneurial spirit that I, I had to almost see to believe, experience to believe, um, that is really, really, really unique in Birmingham. And it felt like, you know, those folks just put their arms around us and said, let's do this together. And I can tell you right now, anything, um, any success that has come out of Beirut is probably the, um, probably the product of a great idea from someone else in one of those realms. Um, and it's certainly because we had the support um, and the infrastructure and the guidance to continue to take steps forward, even when it was really difficult. And you can use COVID as a great example in that. Um, and I just, I had never appreciated Birmingham, even after living there for, you know, here for a few years, I'd never appreciated that side of it until I felt it myself as an entrepreneur where people were coming up to us asking, what can we do to support you? And it was so heartfelt, so real, and so human. Um, and I, I don't know that that exists in very many other places. Mm -hmm. Well, I, I have said that just time and time again, it has been so neat to watch the, um, women that have come around us too at the Well Edit. And it's just, it's so neat. It's so encouraging, but it's also inspiring to then turn around and do the same for others. You know, as women, yeah. we can really have an impact on someone who, you know, to your point, is either going through a hard time or building a business. I mean, you know, it's just like being there, asking the question, saying, how can I help? Even if it's just an encouraging word, you know, occasionally I'll just get a text and I love what you're doing. I mean, that just, like all of a sudden just you know it doesn't have to be anything other than that I know. and sometimes that's just all you need but now being the recipient of it has made me so much more likely to in turn do it for others because I just see how much it how much it means and um you know especially in your situation because you're saying like you were an outsider on all fronts coming in to the food business yes. has that been a difficult like transition, like going through all the like food regulations and all that. <laughs> stuff. You know, um, the, the short answer is yes, but I think it probably could have been harder in other environments, <clears throat> meaning Birmingham, again, gave us the support we needed. People gave us support, the support we needed. Um, I will tell you entrepreneurship, just as an aside, and you know, this is for those of you who aren't running your own business or haven't maybe, you know, pursued that sort of um, experience, um, it's a really lonely journey. It's a really, really, really lonely journey. And that's not to say that there aren't people around just supporting and helping, um, but you have a co-founder, so and, you know, a, a supporter, a partner in crime, which is incredible, um, but many people don't. And so um, it, it often feels like you're alone making decisions, feeling accountable, feeling a level of responsibility. Um, 
So in any event, I learned really quickly that I was going to need people around me to help and I was going to need to lean on them. Um, when I moved into the food business, which I had no business moving into whatsoever, very similar to my time in cybersecurity or moving you know, uh, into the realm of financial services. Um, but the truth was there, there were a few things stacked against me. We weren't from here and there's something really, um, you know, insular and community oriented with the South, right? You're, you're kind of, I recognize, you know, people who are from here go way, 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 way back. And there's a lot of connectivity. Um, and if you're not, you're missing that thread. Um, and yet you have a lot of hospitality. So you have people opening their doors, but we were an outsider. We weren't from here. Um, I certainly didn't have any culinary experience whatsoever, nor was I going to pretend to have any. Um, and I was a female and there are extraordinary women in food here as I've come to learn, but on the surface, I didn't realize that up front, the, the, the greats, the names that come to mind, um, are men, men that are really seasoned, much more experienced and, um, you know, much older and wiser than I am. And so what business did I have coming into a space that I knew nothing about? that I, um, to relate to a community that I didn't know um, and to try to bring something to the table when it was hard for me to articulate what the heck I actually brought to the table. Mm -hmm. And the truth was um, there was a lot of room for someone like me because mostly other women made space. And that was, and you can, I can name so many people, um, Mary Drennan, Ashley, I mean, let's go down the lineup of people, LaDom in Birmingham, Pepper Place people. I mean people came out of the woodworks, but many women. And they said, I've done this before. Here's how we face these obstacles, these burdens. Here are the people that we would call. Here are the things that we would, we wish we would have known. And those are the experiences and the relationships that allowed, you know, again, a quote outsider to move into a space and, um, and find her footing and find her identity. Um, not to mention, I found really great people to bring onto the team. And that, you know, I've got an incredible chef who's from Birmingham, Robin Bashinsky. I, we built out an incredible group of people behind the scenes. Um, and that's, you know, allowed us to further entrench ourselves and ingratiate ourselves to this community. Um, but it was a little tricky up front and we had a lot of learning to do. I personally had a lot of learning to do and I still do. That's definitely like part of it. And I think, you know, Lauren and I found, you know, it's, there's a, it's a, it's a healthy mix between being like um, confident in what you're doing and moving. And then also like with a strong dose of humility and yes. saying like, this is a like weak point for me and I need help, you know? Yes. So it's like, there's just that constant balance, but it's, you know, as, as we've moved towards it, I feel like I've gotten, you know, more comfortable with that spot. I'm sorry. Y'all. You're yeah. fine. Um, Okay, so the last question that we asked yeah. all of the, our speakers is, why did you say yes to the Wealth Edit? You know, um, first of all, I couldn't resist the two of you. So I, I've, um, I've known Lauren for a little bit of time, and I remember we sat for coffee, which feels like a long time ago. I'm sure it was maybe a little over a year ago, but it was, um, it was a, an idea on a piece of paper, the Wealth Edit, um, and I just loved it. But I, I think the answer is so, 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 so simple. <clears throat> um, it, we're, we're better together. And you mentioned this at the beginning. Um, to me, sharing allows us to see more, to learn more, and frankly, to do more. And I think it, there's a, um, just a, a compounding, um, I'm trying to find the right word, um, 
it'll come to me. But there, there is a um, just an incredible force that comes with the knowledge from other people who have had experiences that you haven't, um, the insights from people who are probably wiser than you are, um, and just the humanity and the humility that comes with hearing people's stories. I don't think we're meant to go pursue professional endeavors or personal endeavors alone. I just, I don't think that's what we're meant to do. And that's my own personal philosophy. Um, the people around us are the ones who allow us to see more clearly, run faster, you know, think more critically, uh, approach things more intelligently. Um, that doesn't just come from self-study. And I cannot tell you how much I've learned from women through the course of my own career. And the wealth edit was a microcosm of, you know, all that I wanted in my life, which was to have really smart women guiding, sharing, encouraging in a single forum. And you know, about finances, no less, something that has been so off limits for women for so, 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 so long. So there's a real empowering factor. Um, so I've just, I've loved it from the start. I love the thesis of it. Um, and I love the fact that we have a community of people um, that are all kind of seeking, you know, to achieve the same thing, which is community, clarity, and some level of success, however you might define it. And you guys have brought that to us. So I, I just feel lucky to be a part of it. Well, thank you, Jen, for saying that. And it is like that's definitely Lauren and I's part. And it's our favorite thing about the wealth that I, you know, the entrepreneurial side of it is it's fun and exciting and daunting and lonely and all those things. Yeah. But then we get to do this and it's just the fuel that keeps us going. And we hope that, you know, others find the same in it. And, you know, one of the things I remember about you, Jen, and like talking to you one time, one of the first few times I met you, we were talking about salads and you said, you know, I want feedback. Like, tell me if there's too yeah. much oil in here or <laughs> whatever it was, you know, like that helps me make my product better. Yes. Um, and it's the same, you know, with all of y'all, it's a community. I mean, you know, with the wealth that it, it is, we want honest feedback and saying like, mm -hmm. this is something we need, you know, yeah. we have an entrepreneur course that's going on right now. Love it. That, has been wonderful, but it came from a, a member saying, you know, I wish I had had this. And yes. I feel like I've learned enough in my journey thus far that I could really provide value to other members or, you know, somebody saying, I need that. Like, could yeah. y'all produce that? So I love that you said that to me and it like really stuck with me because I was like, she, she gets it, you know? And um, I, anyway, I just think that's such a great trait to have. And we are just so thankful to have had you today. I think Thank you. You, have, you have amazing, wise thoughts around all this. And we're just thankful that you got to share um, your story. I always love like knowing more behind the brand. So as we watch Blue Root grow, we um, will be your biggest cheerleaders. So thank you. We're so grateful. Thank you so, so much for having us and for showcasing incredible women. I feel very, very, very humbled to be a part of a pretty kick-ass lineup. Hey, thank you, Jen. All right, y'all have a great day and we will see you next week. Bye. Bye.